Come on, give him praise and glory if you're glad to be saved. All right. All right. Take your Bibles. Take your Bibles with me. I hope you brought them tonight. It's kind of hard to go to battle without your sword. Amen? Take your Bibles and turn with me to Ruth chapter number 2. If you do not have a Bible and you don't have a means to get a Bible, please let us know. Brother Buchanan, raise both your hands so they can see you. Uh, Brother Buchanan is right there. Uh, stand on that chair so everybody in the back can see you. Sure enough. Hey, it's this important. I mean, I'm this serious about it. It's this important. If you do not have a Bible, please see Brother Buchanan, and we'll make sure you get one. Uh, everybody, everybody needs their own weapon. Amen? Amen. We need our weapon. We need to come to the house of God ready to study, uh, ready to glean God's Word, and, 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 and get something that's going to help us. Because I'm telling you, I'm living in a world, I've just found out, I'm living in a world uh, where I need the grace of God. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The title of the lesson today is against all odds, against all odds. When the world is stacked against you, when everything is stacked against you, when everything seems to be falling apart around you, against all odds. But I could title it, I could title it, In Search for Grace. Say that with me, In Search for Grace, or In Search of Grace, Looking for Grace. And I'm not talking about grace saving grace I'm not talking about salvation grace I'm not talking about the grace that is needed to get in the glory amen I'm not talking about the grace that I found when I knelt before an altar and I asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save me and to come into my heart I'm talking about the grace I need to face the death of a loved one I'm talking about the grace that I need uh, to face the problems of everyday life I'm talking about the grace that I need to face that doctor's visit when it comes I'm talking about grace not saving grace, living grace. Say it with me. Not saving grace, but living grace. Living grace. Live grace. Let's look in Ruth chapter number 2. Ruth chapter number 2. The Bible says, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, and a family of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. We're going to talk more about his relationship with them in the next chapter, probably toward the end of this chapter and the next chapter. I, I, I really want to go into that, but there's so much to glean right here. We're going to just hunker down here for a little while. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said unto Naomi. Now, in chapter 1, most of the, most of the concentration and most of the attention was giving and, and, and was centered around Naomi. Well, this changes now. This changes. Now, now we're going to talk more about uh, Ruth in this particular chapter here. We've moved from Naomi. Naomi is broken. Naomi is bitter. Uh, Naomi has come back blaming God for everything that's happened. And she's a bitter, bitter woman. And she is kind of put on the shelf a little bit. Now the, the attention is going to focus toward a woman named Ruth. Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. Now that's, that's significant. Let me go and see if I can find some grace. Maybe somebody will show us some grace. I looked up that word there in, in, in Strong's Concordance and that word grace means graciousness or courtesy, kindness, mercy graciousness maybe I can find somebody that will show us some grace and she said unto her go my daughter and she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers and her hat was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz now we just learned who he was mighty man of wealth who is who was related to Naomi and Elimelech who was of the kindred of Elimelech and behold Boaz came from Bethlehem Jesus came from Bethlehem. 
and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? He looks out across the field, and there's a stranger in town. There's a stranger in the field. Who is she? The servant that set, uh, was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel. Now, you can't see she's still carrying that title. The Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And then she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field. After, they, uh, after them have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found all? Mm. Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Boaz answered and said unto her, There's a reason. It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. That's why I'm not dealing with saving grace, but living grace. She's already trusted in God. She's already trusted in the Lord. But watch. Then said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me. For thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he reached her parched corn, and, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men. In other words, when she got up from dinner and went back to work, he turned around and looked at them and said, Look here. Say it with me. Look here. Let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not. Say it with me. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. Read it with me. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her father in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your, 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 your grace. Thank you for everything that you do for us and what you mean to us. Now, God, I need preaching grace right now. I need you to touch my heart and my mind. There's so much I want to say. Lord, there's so much I want to bring across, but I don't want to bring the wrong thing, and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Help me to remember what I need to remember and forget what I need to forget. God, let us all leave here convicted. Let us all leave here convinced. Let us all leave here uh, just excited about who you are and what you mean to us. And God, we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. And all God's people say it. You may be seated. As, as, a, as a, a way of uh, review to get us up to speed, to get us up to date, we know this woman named Naomi and her husband Elimelech with their two sons, Malin and Chilion, came to Moab and, and left the land of promise, left the land of, uh, of, of bread, if you will. Bethlehem means house of bread. They left the will of God. They left the place of God. They were disobedient in their, in their lifestyle. They left where they should have been and went to a place they should not have been. And in that place, they stayed longer than they needed to stay. They did what they shouldn't have done because they got outside of the will of God. It's always easy to do wrong when you get outside of the will of God. And they paid dearly for it. The husband died. Elimelech dies. Malin and, and, and Kylion die. Both of these men die with their father. But before they die, they, they marry two women. 
Orpah and Ruth. We know the story. When, when uh, Naomi is coming back home, she's real bitter. She's broken. Uh, 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 she feels like everything is over. And she tries to talk both of those women into going back to their own gods, going back uh, to their own people, going back to their own family. And we know one of them does, but Ruth doesn't. Ruth clings to her. Ruth stays with her. Ruth says, no, no. Where you go, I'm going. Where you die, I'm dying. Your people are now my people. And more importantly, the most important thing, your God is now my God. I am a believer in Jehovah. I am a believer in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I need a witness. Listen, he's my God now, and I am trusting in him. I'm no longer a, listen, I'm no longer a believer in the false idols of Moab. I am a believer in the God of Israel. She is a Gentile who has come underneath the wings of the Lord. Amen. Say amen. The Lord is there. She's a believer. She's different. She's different than Naomi. Naomi is a backslidden child of God. Uh, Ruth is a new child of God. She is a new believer. So she thinks different and she acts different. It's amazing how crazy you can get when you get out of the will of God. I mean, crazy enough that you want to ask your family to go back to a false God. Man, we can do some crazy stuff when we get away from God. We get bitter instead of better. God has to chastise us. God has to uh, uh, scourge us. God has to get our attention. And when God gets our attention, unless we surrender and submit to what he's doing in our life, we will get bitter instead of better. And that's where she's at. She's bitter, and God can't do nothing with her. But God can do something with somebody who is surrendered, somebody who is pliable in his hand. Even though the, uh, the, 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 the odds are stacked against her, God has something to work with. So now Naomi is on the shelf and God's hand is on Ruth. Boy, I'm going somewhere tonight. So here we have... Here we have a change in character, if you will. We have a bitter woman who is set aside for just temporarily, by the way. I'm glad when you do get outside the will of God, God don't throw you away. Amen. Amen. You just stay right here. Uh, you just be right here. And, and, and man, there's so much I want to get to. We see this woman. We see this one. You got to get this. You got to really get this in your head. You got to get the full effect of this to really appreciate the story. This woman is a stranger in a strange land. I don't even like to go uptown around people I don't know. Are y'all with me? And I am here. I live here. Imagine her coming and they talk different. They act different. The culture's different. Uh, everything is different about this. Now, and, 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 and to see where we're fixing to go in this chapter, you got to understand the law of God. When God put the nation of Israel where he put them, he gave them commandments. He gave them responsibilities because God cares about the poor. God cares about the widows. God cares about the fatherless. God cares about those who can't take care of themselves. Are you all with me? And he, and he always told them, when you're gleaning your field, when you're reaping your harvest, you do not get all the scraps. You always leave some for the poor. You always leave some for those who are less fortunate. And when you're coming and you're gleaning the harvest, there'd be a little bit that would spill here and a little bit that would spill there. And he said, you just go through and you leave them for the poor. And while they were gleaning their harvest, that listen, the poor of the, of the city or the poor of the village would come and they would come and pick up scraps. Are y'all with me? They would pick up scraps behind them to try to facilitate their life, to try to keep from starving to death, to try to do something for that. And here we are, here we are, we have Naomi and Ruth, and, and, one, and, and the morning that Ruth and Naomi come back, uh, Ruth says, man, you got to let me go. I, I have got to go out and see if we can find something. Maybe somebody will show a little grace so we can make it. Maybe somebody will show a little uh, grace, because if not, we're going to starve to death. And here she is, she didn't say thank you. She didn't say, I'm going to be praying for you. She didn't say, God bless you. She just said, go. Can you see the bitterness? So here it is. She strikes a trail. Now I want you to look at this. I want you to look at this. Look in your notes. First off, number one. I want you to see the circumstances this woman faced. Now remember, let's look at this as if we're all saved in here tonight. There's no doubt we're not. Because in a crowd this size, surely there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ. And I hope you will know him before the service is over because we, we can help you with that problem. 
But we're going to teach it as if I'm teaching to believers and teaching to people who are Christ followers because you need to understand something. Even though you got saved, you're still going to need grace. You're going to need grace to go to work tomorrow. You're going to need grace to face the trials and temptations of life. We're going to need grace to get through what we're going to get through because even though you get saved, the world is still against you. And here this woman is. Here this new believer is. She's, she's, uh, she's following and she's just trusting and she's looking for grace. And God in his providence brings her to this field, a certain field, a special field. This is not just any field. This is a field of a kinsman redeemer, which we'll talk about later. But you got to understand something. In her circumstances, to really appreciate this story, you got to see what she's up against. First, you got to see uh, 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 the circumstances. I want you to see the list. The list. Write that down in your notes. The list of her circumstances. How about loneliness? Loneliness. I don't know about you. And some people, it doesn't bother as much. But I hate being lonely. I hate being by myself. I hate I hate not having somebody to talk to. Uh, uh, listen, there, there are times when, when I, I, really, I really need to hunt my dog by himself because it's better for him and he'll learn to do more stuff on his own. But I just don't like doing it because I don't like being by myself. I don't like being, I like having somebody to talk to. I went on a dove shoot one time and they, they said, Preacher, you want to go? Yeah, man, I'll go. He said, okay, well, go sit out in that field. I said, by myself? <laughs> All day? I, I'm, no, I'm not about that. Amen. I, I I need somebody to talk to. And I'm, I'm, I'm not about crowds, but I, I want a little company. Amen? Loneliness. She's left her family. She's left her country. She's left everything. And she's facing loneliness. Not only loneliness, but I see she's facing rejection. I hate rejection. Tammy had to ask me to marry her because I was afraid she was going to reject me. Say Amen. I'm, I'm just kidding. I knew she was going to say yes, though. Amen. <laughs> now, seriously, think about this. How devastating is rejection? How devastating is it to go somewhere and you don't know what in the world they're going to say when you ask? Rejection. Loneliness. How about failure? What if I don't make it? What if nobody lets me glean in their field? What are we going to do? What if this ministry doesn't work? What if, what if, what if, what if, what, what, what if, what if, what if, you just fill in the blank. Failure. Poverty. Starvation. Being misunderstood. It's against her. It's against her. All of these things. She's a woman, which in that culture, in that day, and I'm not trying to be derogatory, but in that day, it was just not conducive uh, to prosperity. They were not treated, they were treated right above animals, and sometimes not even there. It's amazing how, how much Jesus elevated the status of women when he came to this earth. She was a woman, she was an alien, she was an outsider, she was a widow. She had everything going against her. She was a stranger. She was a, everybody called her, the Moabitess. The list of her circumstances. But then I want you to see this. you got to get this. The learning from her circumstances that we need to understand. Some of y'all, some of y'all need a swift kick in the behind tonight. Some of y'all really do. You really do. Uh, this is not, this is not, and, and I know some people when they read some of my posts, they think, oh, this is great, man, I can just sit back and watch God do something for me. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. I, I, I talked to somebody the other day, and they said, what do I need to do? I said, you need to pray like everything depends on God, and you need to work like everything depends on you. And here we see this woman, she learned something from her circumstances. You say, preacher, what do we need to learn? First, first get this, circumstances do not make me what I am. They simply reveal what I already am. Circumstances don't make me. They just reveal what's in me. People say this. People say this all the time. Boy, money changes people. Money don't change people. Money just gives people an opportunity to be what they really are. 
if they're a jerk broke, they're a jerk rich. They're just a bigger jerk. That's a fact. It doesn't matter if they're stingy when they're broke, they're stingy when they're rich. If they're, if they're generous when they're broke, they're generous when they're rich. It doesn't matter. And here we go. We, we have people. Well, I tell you what, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's this principle here. Two people, two people grow up with a drunk, and one says and one becomes a drunk and one doesn't. And the one that becomes a drunk is asked, how in the world, why did you become a drunk? Well, I grew up with one. My father was a drunk. And they asked the other, why didn't you become a drunk? He said, well, I grew up with one. My father was a drunk. It's about time we bow up, pull up our bootstraps, and understand and quit blaming everybody else for our circumstances. Listen, she did not care that she was a woman. She did not care that she was a widow. She did not care that she was broke. She did not care that she was a stranger. All she knew is she had a job to do, she had a need, and she was going out and was going to make it happen. Let me ask you, what's in you? Because your circumstances will reveal what's in you. They will not make you. It just reveals what you already are. Listen, not only that, but I, want, I, I see this. Not only do our circumstances reveal what we already are, uh, this is another thing about our circumstances we need to know. I may not be able to control my circumstances, but I do not have to let my circumstances control me. I might not can control what the doctor says tomorrow. I may not control the economy. I may not can control whether my truck breaks down or not, but I can control how I respond to it. I cannot control how people treat me in this world. I cannot control whether I, I'm rejected or not. I cannot control whether people try to come against me or not, but I can control how I respond to things. One of the things that I learned in, in the bitterness and forgiveness series that God gave me several years ago, that bitterness is not caused by what people do to you. You say, people, I'm bitter because somebody hurt me. No, you're bitter by, by how you respond to what people do to you. If we choose to forgive, if we choose to let it go and let God handle it, you will get better and not bitter. But if you get angry, if you get frustrated, if you just get that attitude, you will get bitter. And it's not because of what they did. It's because how you respond to it. Guess what? Everybody has circumstances. Everybody has issues. Well, you don't know what I've gone through. I know, I've, I've known several people that's gone through a lot worse than you, and they've come through it. Listen, I, I, it doesn't matter. You can, you can put your list there, and I guarantee we can. You ever heard that phrase? There's always somebody that's worse off than you. How many of y'all have ever heard that? She didn't, she didn't say, hey, hey, it's bad, but here we go. It's bad, but we're going to try it. May not work, but woohoo, giddy up. Amen? Quit making excuses. Quit blaming everybody. Quit only looking at what you don't have. I was told a story about somebody who had twins and one of them died. This is a true story. And there was such a bitterness over the one that died that it destroyed the family. Never got over it. And here, here is this beautiful, beautiful baby that could have been enjoyed and it could have been a blessing. But instead of being able to do that, all we could see is the one that's gone. And that's a lie from Satan. Listen, Joseph's coat was brought back by his brothers. And Joseph's daddy said, I'll go to my grave. I'll never be happy again. I'll never experience joy again. I'll go to my grave mourning my boy. When, they, when, when he, had, he had 11 others. How many of us are so focused on that problem, so focused on what that thing we don't have, so focused on that area or that, that thing in our life that, that we just can't get over, that we can't enjoy this great life that God has got planned for us? Third thing, this is the best. 
How many of y'all got circumstances going on right now? Come on, be honest. It's all right. Watch this. Every circumstance. How many of them? Every circumstance I face has been filtered through the loving hands of God. Job. Nothing could happen to Job without the approval of God. Listen, Daniel in the lion's den, the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace, David running from Saul. Are y'all with me? Peter being sifted, being sifted by the devil. You say, why would God allow him to go through that? Because Peter wasn't ready. And it, listen, it took circumstances to hone and, and cut and bring things in his life that needed to be there. Are y'all with me? Listen, whatever you're going through, God knows. No matter how hot the temperature is in your life, God's hand's on the thermostat. I can't take no more. Only he knows what you can take. And he'll never let you take more than you can. Amen. But here's the problem. We come to this altar, oh God, stop this. Oh God, change this. Oh God, fix this. Oh God, do this in my life. Oh God, take me out of these circumstances. Oh God, change my situation. Oh God, heal this situation. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. But before God changes our circumstances, he wants to change our hearts. If our circumstances, you ought to, you ought to underline this. If our circumstances change for the better, but we remain the same, then we will become worse. If our circumstances change for the better, but we remain the same, then we will become worse. Job said in the middle of all that Job was going through, this is just as Job's testimony. He said, God maketh my heart soft. Soft. God was changing his heart. Listen, God's purpose in providence is not to make us comfortable, but make us conformable. Conform to the image of his son. Christ-like, underline this, Christ-like character is the divine goal for each of his children. Underline that in your notes. Christ-like character is the divine goal for each of his children. Naomi was bitter against God, but Ruth was willing for God to have his way in her life. So God began his gracious work with Ruth. Naomi still pouting at the house. Naomi's still bitter about her situation. Naomi's still blaming God. Naomi's still at a place where, where she don't want help. And you can't help people that don't want help. So God begins with Ruth. First, we see the circumstances that she faced. But then, number two, I want you to see the choices that she fixed. She made some, she made some decisions in her life. Don't you see this? First, don't you see the attitude that she reflected? Some of y'all need an attitude adjustment. And don't feel bad. There's been several times in my life I, I got one. Man, there's never been a truer statement. Attitude determines altitude. Say, so what, what attitude did she reflect? First, she did not sit and feel sorry for herself. Let me, read, let me read Naomi's statement. Let me read Naomi's statement. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me back empty. Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. God brought me back empty. The Lord has testified against me. The Almighty hath afflicted me. Blaming God for everything. Not one time did she say, I left where I should have been. I sinned against the Lord. I brought this on myself. It's God did this. God did this. God. Now, now we can change that. We can say, my parents did this. That one that abused me did this. That one that done me wrong. That one that cheated on Am I right? Here she is, blaming everybody, blaming everybody, feeling sorry for herself. Not Ruth. She says, I got to go. Are y'all with me? She didn't sit and feel sorry for herself. She didn't blame others for her problems. 
I like this one too. Read number three with me. Did not wait for someone to come rescue her from her problem. Boy, I hope we get this. This is an epidemic in our country. We all want everybody else to come fix it. I told you, this ain't going to be what you thought it was going to be. But if you get it, it'll change your life. You remember that, you remember that man sitting, you remember that man sitting at the at the pool of Bethesda, five pools? Bethesda mean grace. Five the number of grace. And Jesus comes up to him. He's been sitting here. And y'all know, y'all know when, when Jesus troubled the water, uh, and when he sent the angel of the Lord to trouble the water, the first one in would be healed. Y'all remember that? And this is what he said. This is his exact word. Jesus said, would you, like to, would you like to get up? Would you like to be healed? Would you like somebody to do something for you? First thing he said, I ain't got nobody to help me. Jesus didn't ask him that. Isn't it amazing that we can get so deep in our self-pity that we cannot even respond to God when God speaks to us, when he wants to do something for us, when he wants to do a miracle for us. All we can say and all we can do is nobody will help me. I can't get nobody to help me. I would do it, but you know how. We having fun, ain't we? Did not wait for someone to come rescue her from her problems. Boy, she had a right attitude. I need to get up. I need to go. Cause no, and by the way, nobody's coming. Y'all with me? Nobody's coming. Jesus is here. And he will help. But you got to want him to. You got to have a desire to get up. Man, what I just said, I don't think you got. You have to have a desire to get up. I was I was reading some illustrations and uh and uh and one guy he 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 was he was a new little league coach. He was so excited. He remembered being in little league and he remembered when the coach would always do the the preseason uh the preseason speech and, and, and motivation and all this kind of stuff. And he said, man, when he was a little kid, when he was a little kid in Little League, he said, boy, when the coach said, uh, how many of y'all want to play in the major leagues? And every hand went up. Man, we all had desires. We all had dreams. We all wanted to go to the big show. We all wanted to play in the big stage. Man, everybody had a goal. Everybody had a dream. Everybody had a desire. And he said, man, I was going to pull that speech on these kids. He said, I stood in front of them with the best, best speech I could come up with. And I said, how many of y'all want to go to the big leagues one day? He said, not one kid raised their hand. Where has the drive and the desire to be better, where has that gone in, a, in the church today? Not in a crooked world, but in the church today. That drive to be a better Christian, that drive to be closer to God, that drive to be to do something outstanding for God, to do something that God would be pleased with. Listen, she gets up. I'm going. I'm going. She had a great attitude. She made up. And by the way, that's all about a decision. Your attitude is completely your decision. Amen, preach. That's good stuff. Preach it. Amen. B. Since we're enjoying that one so good, we'll just move on. Amen. We see the attitude she reflected. Then B, I want you to see the activity she requested. Let me go. She was not asked to, she was not begged to, she was not prompted, prodded, sticked. Listen, she was, let me go. I love when people come up to me and say, what can I do? One of, one of Belisa's most important jobs at Temple Baptist Church is the head recruiter. And you know what? In the local New Testament church, she shouldn't even have a job. 
she shouldn't even have a job. Because all the saved ought to be so eager and so excited about doing something for God that they'll stand in line and wait. What can I Let me go. Let me go. I know I'm a stranger. Let me go. I know they probably ain't going to like me, but let me go. I know they're probably going to reject me, but let me go. Amen? Watch this. Her activity, her activity showed a few things. First, it showed initiative. Initiative. Readiness to engage in daring or difficult activity. I looked up the definition of these words. Readiness to engage in daring or difficult activity. Get up and go. Ambition. Drive. Nobody had to ask her. She volunteered. She said, let me go. I've told this story so many times, and, and you, but there's so many new people, you ain't never heard it. But my first experience with the word initiative was wonderful, was wonderful. When I was a little kid, how many of y'all had progress reports growing up? Progress reports. How many of y'all in them progress reports, it not only had an academic, uh, uh, academic column, but it had a behavioral column in that same thing? Now, how many of you in the house had the kind of parents that they didn't, I mean, you was in trouble if the academic was wrong, but if the behavior part was wrong, you're dead meat. That was my father. And, and in that behavioral column, it said, it said, she checked a box that said, shows initiative. Shows initiative. I, I didn't, re- I looked at it real fast. I didn't, I didn't really read it properly and I thought, it's, I thought she said shows inattentive. I, in other words, said I wasn't paying attention. And when I read that, honest to God. Now, I'm the, I'm, I'm the type of kid who worries about everything, and I have to take Maalox before every report card day. <laughs> and not because the grades were bad, because I had good grades. It was just in case. Are y'all with me? Because I'm telling you, my father did not play when it comes to that. I mean, he... he the only verse in the whole Bible he memorized was something about sparing the rod. Amen. That's the only one he knew. And I seen that thing on that card and I said, this is crazy. Who is that? Has that woman lost her mind? Does she know who my dad is? She's just killed me. She don't know what she's talking about. What's wrong with this woman? All the way through school, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I'm thinking all day long, I've got to come up with a reason and an excuse. Get home. And and I I said, Mama, I don't care. I don't care what that report card says. That woman's crazy. She don't know what she's talking about. She she ain't never like me. I don't care what she said. She's looking at it, trying to figure out what in the world. What are you talking about? I said, that woman said I, I showed, uh, I was inattentive and I wasn't paying attention. She, looked, she says, you big dummy, that says shows initiative. That means she didn't have to ask you what to say. You just get the job done. I said, she's a good woman. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's funny, amen? <laughs> that's the first time I really understood what that word meant. She didn't have to ask me to do my schoolwork. I just went ahead and done it. I took initiative. I stepped up. Here we go. Listen, where is the initiative in the house of God today? This woman was not begged to. She was not prodded to. She was not asked to. She showed initiative. Let me go. Now, all of us in here want grace. All of us in here need grace. All of us in here are looking for grace. We want the favor of God, but we're not willing to show initiative. We're not willing to step up to the plate. We're not willing to take that gift and passion survey. We're not willing to go forward and say, hey, what can I do for God? I know I'm in a big church, but the biggest misconception in a big church is that they got enough help. We don't have enough help. I need you to step up. She showed initiative. She said, let me go. Not only did she show initiative, but she showed industry. The word industry there means diligence in an employment or pursuit. Diligence in an employment or pursuit, especially a steady or habitual effort. Now watch what the, watch what the foreman said about her. When, when Moab asked, or Moab, when uh, 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 Boaz asked the, the foreman about her, this is what he said. This is what he said. 
uh, in verse number 7. He said, well, she come and asked. You know, she come and asked if she could glean in the, in, with the reapers and among the sheaves. And watch what he says about her. So she came and hath continued, read it with me, and hath continued even from the morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. In other words, she didn't even hardly take a break. She was a hard worker. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I promise you, there is a cherry on top. But you got to get this. She went out looking for grace. and She showed initiative. She, she was very industrious about the way she did things. She worked hard. She was truly the Proverbs 31 woman. A virtuous woman. I don't have time, but I wish you'd go read it. And then compare her to Ruth and see what Ruth was. It's all unbelievable. Her activity showed her initiative, showed her industry, showed her integrity. Showed her integrity. The word integrity means faithfulness to high moral standards. Faithfulness. You say, how do you know? How do you know? Because when she asked Boaz, why was he showing favor to her and grace to her? This is what he says in verse 11. Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband. She was faithful. She was faithful. Now, said all that stuff to get to this point. She left the house broken. She left the house broke. She left the house a stranger. She left the house with everything stacked against her. And the Bible says, the Bible says that she happened to find herself in a certain field. If you will show initiative, If you will show integrity, God will just happen to put you where you need to be. But if you sit on this part, like Naomi, don't expect the favor of God. Well, God, he does... Hey, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God is no respecter of persons. That's true. But he do show favorites. So, so you, you really think, you really think the person that just sits and is lazy and will not pursue God and will not take initiative to please God, will not be obedient to God, is going to get the same favor of God on their life than that person over here that is doing everything in their power to please God and to seek God and to pursue God and to do what they are supposed to do for God. Are, are y'all really serious about that? Now let me tell you something. Both of these individuals need the favor of God. Both of these individuals are living in the same crazy, mixed up, messed up world and they both need the touch of God because this world is cursed. But one's going to have it and one ain't. Are y'all with me? <laughs> Watch this. I want you to see number three, the comfort she found. The comfort she found. Let's, 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 let's just dramatize this a little bit she leaves home she was looking for something y'all remember what was she looking for grace graciousness courtesy mercy help if you will right y'all with me stay with me I got 15 more minutes. I'm early, y'all. She's going looking. Surely somebody will show grace. Now let's apply this. 
everybody in here, you're going to leave this church and you're going to go into a crazy mixed up world that is stacked against you. And every day of your life, you're going to wake up and get up in the morning and pray for grace to get through another day. Grace to get through another treatment. Grace to get through another problem. Grace to get through another situation. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all want that? Now you got to get this. Now, now understand what I'm fixing to say. It doesn't just happen. The Bible says this. If you draw nigh to me, God said, Now, God's done his part. He's waiting on you. And if you will take the initiative. Now, this is so important. You've got to get this because I'm going to prove to you. I'm going to prove to you she didn't get anything until she showed initiative and got up. She goes and she finds herself. How will I know what fit? Don't worry about that. God will happen to put you in the right place. She didn't have a map. Well, preacher, she just showed up. Yep, and it happened to be the right one. If you will show initiative and draw nigh to God, he will just happen to put you in the right spot. He will just happen to put the right people in the right place. He will just happen to give you the right opportunity. Are y'all with me? Man, I wish I could preach that point, but it ain't in my notes. But if you take that initiative, watch what happens. Watch what happens. When she went out searching for grace, when she went out searching for mercy, when she went out searching for help, if you will, the first thing that she's seen here and the first thing we find, the comfort that she found first, was in this, in the Redeemer's focus. Write this down. This is really good. The Redeemer's focus. Verse 5. Verse 5. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? What's your point, preacher? My point is, if she'd have been at the house with Naomi, he'd have never saw her. Let me, let, me, let me read this verse to you. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. The word part, perfect means full or complete. Does he have your full heart? Does he have your full attention? Because his eyes are looking for people that he can show himself strong on behalf of. Jeremiah 32, 19. Great in counsel and mighty in work. For thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men. To give everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. What's the point? Are you attracting the focus of the master? Are you attracting the focus of the redeemer? of the Savior? Or are we sitting at home feeling sorry for ourselves, not taking initiative and complaining about what everybody's done to us in our life and we won't step forward and be obedient to do what God, are y'all with me? Or are we in the field working like everything depends on us but praying like everything depends on Him? Are we taking initiative to take the steps in our life to go forward? We're not going to be lazy. We're not going to be sorry. We're going to take initiative and we're going to get up and go. We're going to try it again. It did not work today. I'm going to get up and go tomorrow. It may not work tomorrow, so I'm going to get up and go the day after. And I'm not going to quit because I trust God is watching me. And if you take initiative, you are going to attract the attention of the master. She was in the field, and because she was in the field, he noticed her. I need a witness. Listen, she received the focus. And I'm telling you, it's something when his eyes are on you. And by the way, 
She got his focus when she wasn't even focused on him. She was just trying to survive. She was just trying to find something to eat. She was just trying to make it another day. And I'm telling you, when you're out there up to your elbows and you don't know what in the world you're going to do, you're not trying to get ahead. You're not trying to prosper. You're just trying to survive and keep your nose above water. But there is somebody who's looking down upon you. And I promise you, when you don't even know he's there, he's got his eyes on you. She received the focus of the Redeemer. But then, and all this is leading up. I'm telling you, this is all, this is, this is good stuff right here. If you will take the initiative, if you will get up and go, if you'll say, God, I'm going to pray like everything depends on you, but I'm going to work like everything depends on me. I'm going to do everything I can in my power. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to blame everybody else for my problems. I'm going to get up and go. I promise you, he will notice. And then when he, oh, amen. When he focuses in on you. Might not be good English, but it works, amen. Then there come some fellowship. Some fellowship. He said, where are you going for dinner? Matter of fact, don't go nowhere else. Just stay right here. Some of y'all ain't getting it yet. There's two things that came with fellowship. When she began to fellowship with the Redeemer, she was able to receive his resources she was able to take advantage of his resources he said don't go to another field stay right here I have charged these men not to even mess with you you just hang out right here you stay around not only, now you got to get this now. You got to get this because this is really important. How many of y'all know when you're serving God, you get tired? How many of y'all in this world, serving God, serving your family, you get tired? Looking for a job, you get tired. Working your job, you get tired. Trying to make a living, you get wore out and tired. You get frustrated and you get weary. But in fellowship, there's resources. In fellowship, there's refreshment. He said, when you get thirsty, my men's already draw some water for you. And there ain't nothing like good old cold water when you're thirsty. There's been times in my life when it's gotten so dry and it's gotten so difficult and it's gotten so hard that a spiritual drink of water was perfect. It was just what I needed. Sunday was just what I needed. Front porch Sunday was just what I needed. Whether you like to rap or not, it worked. Listen, we're going to do another one. We're going to call it back porch Saturday. Say amen. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm serious. We have we're going to do it at the Ag Center. We can get us all in there at one time. Say amen. amen. Boy, there's nothing like fellowshipping with the Redeemer. And he refreshes your soul. Y'all, come on. Hey, read it. The Bible said he was handing her cornbread. See, y'all got to think like a guy. Y'all ain't thinking like a guy. He's sweetening up to her. Are y'all with me? Are y'all catching this by now? Don't go nowhere. Stay right here. Are you hungry? You thirsty? Hey, boy, get, oh, get, bring that over here. 
Hey, I'm just reading a book. Guess what? If you spend some time in fellowship, you're not only going to have his focus, but then you're going to get some of his favor. How you know? <laughs> After he hung out with her and she hung out with him, and they was fellowshipping. Say that with me. She went back to work. He immediately, he, hey, boys, you leave some extra for her. Hey, you just let her get right up here amongst you. That's what it says. Read it. It's there. I'm saving time. I'm just telling you like it is. He said, you let her get right here. Because, see, the, the, the poor people, they couldn't get with the gleaners. They had to stay back and get the scraps. He said, you let her get right in there with you. And don't mess with her. And matter of fact, won't you, when she ain't looking, you just... <laughs> you just dump something out there for her. Huh? Guys, I need a witness. When's the last time you experienced that kind of favor? I would probably venture to say it was the last time you spent fellowshipping with him. Because there's never been a time I spent fellowshipping in his presence, being close to him, that I didn't leave with a bag full of purpose. She gleaned it all put it together the Bible says she had about an ephah about 30 pounds worth and took it home and Naomi said Whoo! because this was a very very unusual amount for one person now I hope y'all got good memories because this is a setup for next week God wants to fellowship with you. God wants to prosper you. But if you get lazy and you don't show initiative, don't stop, don't, don't, keep listening, keep listening, keep listening, keep listening. Look at me, look at me. Why are you showing me grace? is the question because that's what we're all looking for that's what we're all looking for grace she left looking for grace and when she found it she says why am I getting it why am I getting I'm a stranger I'm an alien why, why are you doing this this is the answer He said, ma'am, it has been fully shown me what you've done for your mom-in-law. Here's the quote of the night. Here's the quote of the night. You need to write this down. You need to write this down. For born-again believers, this is the deal. Favor follows faithfulness favor follows faithfulness why am I experiencing your favor he said because it's been shown me how faithful you've been to who you're with now ladies and gentlemen have we been faithful have we been faithful with our responsibilities? Have we been faithful with what God has entrusted to us? Have we been faithful with our gifts? Have we been faithful with our talents? Have we been faithful with our treasures? Have we been faithful with our time? Have we been faithful? 
Have we shown initiative? Have we stepped up and said, here I am, God, use me? Have we given our all to God? Because don't ask for favor if you're not going to be faithful. Orpah never received favor because she was not Quit sitting at home and begging God to show up. I had a preacher say this one time and I'll never forget it. God has never used a lazy person. God's never used a lazy person. If you go out through the Bible, you'll find out everyone he chose or called was doing something. David was watching sheep. David was a shepherd. Saul was looking for his father's mules. Elisha was plowing oxen. You know, the disciples, they were all, they were working when he called them. I'm just waiting on God to show up. Maybe God's waiting on you to show up. Show some initiative. And God will change things. Let's be faithful. Amen? Let me tell you something. I know, I know this is like one of them commercials that tries to get you to come back. But you really don't want to miss next week. I'm, let me just go ahead and tell you what the title's going to be. Just a closer walk with thee. You see, there was something she received. When she worked and worked and worked and worked and worked hard in the field. But when she just came and sat at his feet for that closer relationship. You don't want to miss it. I promise. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your focus. And you taking notice of our initiative, taking notice of our effort, taking notice of our faithfulness. Now, God, help those in here that, that's not been faithful. Help those in here that's not showed initiative. Help those that, that need to step up. Lord, I need to step up. I need to step up more than what I've been doing. God, I desire your fellowship. I desire your touch. I desire your favor. I need handfuls of purpose in my life. Now, Father, I, I, I pray. I pray as we have some altar workers coming. I pray for that one in here that doesn't know you. They've never been saved. They've never come under your wings. They've never trusted you as their Savior. Father, I'm going to ask these altar workers to be standing here when we dismiss so that that individual here that you're tugging on their heart right now, you're dealing with their heart right now, they can come and talk to them and, and let us take a Bible and show them how to be saved. I pray tonight will be that night because favor is real. And fellowship with you is priceless. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll help us. Be with those that need to get saved. Please don't let them leave. I'm not here to embarrass them. I wouldn't do that for nothing. But Lord, if they'll just wait till everybody leaves, these altar workers will be here. And they'll wait and help whoever needs help. And God, will thank you for all that you do and what you're going to do. Bring us back next week. Lord, anoint Sunday. Anoint Sunday. Lord, I want to preach like I'll never get to again. I pray that your will be done. And all God's people say it. Amen. Good night, everybody. If you need to trust Christ, if you need to talk to somebody about salvation, if God is dealing with you, as everybody's leaving, you just meet one of these up here, ladies for ladies and gentlemen for gentlemen, and they'll be glad to help you here tonight.